Hey guys, my name is Zoe Lang, and I'm a freshman at the University of Michigan. Because we're all stuck in quarantine, I think it's the perfect time for my friends, as well as me, to share some of our best and worst stories. So it's all here, in my quarantine notebook. Today, I'm interviewing Izzy Lian, also a freshman at the University of Michigan, and a dear friend. Iz, did you want to introduce yourself in a different way? Uh, hi, I'm Isabel. Um, I'm studying computer science and business at the University of Michigan. Um, and thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to, you know, share my stories and just kind of, you know, look back and reflect. Uh, yeah, you're actually my first guest, so I'm super excited to have you on. Um, so you know the premise of this podcast is really telling stories. So obviously, I know about your life, but uh, obviously, you know the the audience doesn't at all. And I know that you've been in some situations where you've been, in no better words, stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, sure. Um, so the story takes place my senior year in high school. Um, and some context about me, I was the goody two shoes of the school. I literally had perfect grades, um, like was a teacher's pet and didn't do anything wrong or, you know, never broke any rules. And that was something that I really, you know, took pride in and I had a pretty good like image at school. So coming into senior year, you know, senior year, so you want to have fun, you want to, you know, loosen up a little bit. So, um, I was taking AP Psychology, and there was this one guy, his name, um, I won't say his name for privacy reasons, but let's just call him, like, Brian for now. So, Brian was in this class, and he was known to be a bad boy, you know, had a bad reputation in high school, um, but he was very smart, uh, and I just, you know, started to talk with him, um, just, you know, casually. And then I eventually started working um, at Pan Express that just opened up in our in our hometown. And turns out he also started working there. Um, and so I knew that he had there was a very bad reputation with him. But we just started, you know, talking, texting very casually. And we became pretty close friends. Like he told me about his personal life and um, he had a lot of mental health issues and mental struggles which he talked to me about and you know I wanted to be that confidant that person that he could go to to talk to about um because I also knew that he was um suicidal at at points um and so you know that was basically until December I worked a lot with him so you know I would see him in school but then I would see him after school with work for like six hours um you know two three times a week so I just got to talk to him and got to know him really well uh, and then second semester senior year hit and, you know, that's like the senior right kicks in and you're just, you have no motivation to do any work. So um, I was in uh, Calc BC class and he's, he was also in this class second semester and we got talking and we just spent more time together in general. And for me, one of the things that makes me, or one of the things that helps me grow relationships is just spending quality time with them and so I was spending a lot of like time and talking with him and we were hanging out and stuff like that um and it came to the point where I think he he told me like he was like you're like one of my only two friends that I have 
and I was very jarred by that because I knew that he had like friends but I didn't like he told me that none of his friends were really actual friends um and so there was a rumor going around that or it wasn't really a rumor he just told us that he was scared that he got a girl pregnant and so it was a joke um that me and this other guy um we said we would play, we would pay for this girl's plan b if she did turn like end up being pregnant as a joke um completely as a joke but then um i don't know it just somehow got spread around that it he actually got the girl pregnant and i actually ended up paying for her plan b anyways that's a that's a part of the story that comes kind of comes later in to the story um but what happened was i we went to this one IB talent show. I didn't go with him, but um, my friend afterwards told me and was like, I don't know. I might kind of like him. And I was like, bro, you cannot like this dude. Like, like he he has a really bad reputation. Like, do not get yourself in like romantically involved with him. Um, and I did not heed my own words. Uh, so essentially, there was it was one day he, we were hanging out um, or he, we wanted to hang out, and he texted me, he's like, oh, like, I just dropped off your friend, and, like, I'm right by, like, can I just come around, swing by, and pick you up, I was like, yeah, sure, so then I, we, um, go, we get, grab dinner, then we grab ice cream afterwards, and he's like, I don't want to go home, I don't want to, you know, go back to my parents, um, because he did kind of have abusive parents, and I was like, okay, well, where else, like, do we go, and he's like, well, there's not many platonic things that we can do, and I was like, well, yeah, we're doing whatever platonic things that we can. Um, long story short, basically, you know, we 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 drove to this park um, nearby our hometown, and it was really dark outside. And it was in a parking lot, and you know, long story short, <laughs> we kind of hooked up. Um, things happened. Yeah, things happened, but like I didn't want it, or like it wasn't that I didn't want it in the moment. I did, but reflecting it, like, two seconds later, or, like, two hours later, I was like, oh, my God, what did I freaking do? And and this was um, your, your first kiss, right? This was also my first kiss. It was in the back of the car. It was not the best um, first kiss that you can imagine. But what happened was uh, everything that ensued after was, you know, where I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, so... As I said before, he had mental health issues, and um, this is when he kind of started emotionally manipulating me. Um, where he or what? What happened was uh, we were picking our prom dates, and at the dinner when when he when we went out to eat dinner, I said, "Okay, I'll go with you if this guy doesn't ask me." Right. He said, okay, and, like, we thought that this guy wouldn't ask me because he literally had a list of 11 girls, and I was on the bottom. Yes, you were. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, like, but, like, like me and the the other guy, we were really good friends, and, like, I I didn't care because I knew that he wanted to um, take other girls out. And so, like, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, like, sure. Um, But then, like, a few weeks later, he ends up actually asking me, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, sure. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but looking back, I should have thought better about how I could have handled this situation. And so I told Brian, 
um, and he broke, um, to say the least. Um, he that day he he texted me and he sent a picture of his cut up leg because he was he. I knew he was self harming before, but he told me he had stopped ever since like we were like good good friends. And then when I finally like told him like I'm going to prom with this other guy, he um started you know saying really just mean things and i know like i definitely could have handled things better um i i think that's something that's always been on my mind is like what could i've done what could i have done to prevent this and um that emotional burden and weight was really heavy and i just remember um there was one night where uh, I remember getting a text from one of his other, like, really close best friends um, saying that they had to basically, like, tackle him onto the ground to prevent him from running out into the street on, like, oncoming traffic. And I remember that night, I just was, like, it, it was so hard for me to fall asleep because I was so scared. The next day, I would wake up and, like, hear on the news that this guy had died and, or, like, committed suicide and that I would be the reason because of that and so that was very emotionally and mentally draining on me for a really long time and um he was for like bad reputation he like was an alcoholic and he also like smoked a lot of weed and he would come to school drunk a lot and um I just remember there was one night he got drunk and he texted me. He's just like, I'm going to kill myself because of you. Like, I hate you. Um, and it was really hard for me. And I, I didn't want to tell anyone about it. And I didn't um, for a really long time because um, I wanted to keep it to myself personally because I was like kind of embarrassed, um, but also because I was like scared. Like, what if he actually you know, does commit suicide and he ends up, like, it was because of me, like, I was just very scared of all that, and I already knew that, you know, there were rumors spread about me, about, you know, what I had done with this kid, and my, my image in school just got, like, trashed and dragged through the dirt, um, from, like, what I was before, I mean, I was, like, I didn't really take that personally, because I knew it would happen, but, um, I think that, that really like changed me and when I finally did tell someone about it they were super supportive and Zoe was one of them and you know she she was able to support me and um make me feel loved which is really important uh and then afterwards after a long time we stopped talking um there was some times where I wouldn't go to work because he was working same same shift as me um and at the end of it, we were both kind of bitter at each other, and we stopped talking. Um, but there's kind of like a, a kind of happy ending, kind of, I don't know. But essentially, uh, we had stopped talking for six to eight months, right? I had gone to college, and then uh, suddenly he takes me out of nowhere, um, asking me, one, about like... Uh, 
religion and stuff. I, I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm a firm believer um, in Christ. And he was just talking to me about that stuff, and I was very moved by that. But also, he was he wanted to transfer to um, the University of Michigan, and he was asking that. to revise his essay. We both go to we both go to University of Michigan. Just to recap. Yeah, yeah. Um, he so he went to MSU. He wanted to transfer to UMich, and he was asking me to uh, revise his essays, which was really weird because I hadn't talked to this kid for eight months, and suddenly out of nowhere, he's just like, "Yo, can you revise my essays?" Um, but turns out, uh, after I read through all the essays, he actually wrote me a letter um, apologizing and saying that he was sorry about the way that he acted and I'm I'm very glad I'm that he you know has gotten the help that he needs and um is doing actually very well in school now um like I said he was very smart he just you know in high school he wasn't the most mentally stable and it that was also because of like a, pl- a plethora of different reasons um that I won't really go into but yeah that was that was kind of of a really big part of my life that um, changed how I perceive relationships and how people can really, they do really manipulate your emotions because he kind of put his life as a burden on me, which as a person, you should never do that. Um, yeah, but that's, that's kind of like the end of the story, I guess, for, for yeah. I don't know what else to say. So I know this is a very emotional part of your life, um, but I'm sure you're also aware that um, there are people like like Brian that when they are um, suffering through mental health issues, they do what he did to you, which is like kind of tether their life or like mm-hmm. or put that burden on somebody else. It happens a lot in romantic relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just wondering because you've gone through it, like what can somebody do if they're in this situation? Because I uh am sure that if you are in that situation, you feel really helpless because if you do something, it could mean that somebody dies. Yeah, so the first thing is if you're in that type of relationship where they are putting their life as a burden, you need to get out of that relationship, first of all. Um, it is not healthy. It is very toxic. It's mentally draining. Um, it's just not a healthy relationship to be in, and that's what I kind of did. I had to remove myself from that situation for my own sake as well and for his sake because I knew we were both harming each other. Everything that we Everything that we said past that point was just hurting each other because I, I remember there there were nights where he would a- after like this entire fiasco had happened, he would text me and he was like, "Can we talk?" And this would be something like that would happen almost every single night, and I would be like, "Yeah, we can talk." And then he and then I would be like, "What do you want to talk about?" And he would just say, "This." Is, it would be a single text. He'd be like talk me out of killing myself and um the emotional pressure as a non-trained professional i'm not a therapist or anything i i'm not i don't know any like psychology or anything other than the ap psych that i learned in high school right i'm not like trained to deal with this stuff but i i mean the best thing that i could do was listen to him um but it, there was a there was like a point where like 
I could no longer, you know, hear about it or, you know, listen to it because it was just like my own mental health was deteriorating because of it. Um, and I think re- it's really important for whoever that person, if they, they are putting that burden on you to get them the proper help and support that they need. Um, I think like going to college, you kind of are on your own and you find your own identity and, and you're able to find a group of people that you kind of can be supported by. And I think that is what happened. Um, and he told me that, you know, he got the proper mental health and, um, like the professionals that could actually help him. He got, he got the help that he needed. And that was really important because if, if you don't get the proper help, you're just going to harm both, both of you guys. Like it's, it's not going to benefit either of you. Um, but if you're really, really stuck, like, the, the the thing that I always just did was like I listened like he would text me all these like horrible things and I would just say like thank you for sharing um I'm sorry you feel that way um kind of those things and I, I remember this is just coming up that there were there were nights where I would search up like how to like talk people out of suicide and, like, the first thing that comes up is to get them to speak to a professional. And that's, like, calling the suicide hotline. And I, I told him to do that, um, but he never did because he was, like, he, he had a very big ego as well. Um, and, but I think after some time, they realized they need to get the help that they, that they need. And he eventually did, and I'm, I'm very happy for him. I don't, I don't bear any grudges against him. Um, I'm actually very glad that, you know, he's where he is right now and yeah yeah and that's a really difficult story to hear every time I hear it um obviously I can't imagine anybody going through um anything like that but if there's anything any last pieces of advice or like anything else you want to say before we sign off please speak now or I mean yeah just be uh, to be a good friend i think it's important to first value yourself uh and understand your self-worth because i think that was something that he also really struggled with and that i struggled with was valuing myself before others um and if you're able to love yourself before you know loving others then you're better able to love those around you i think that's super important um that's something that you know as a person you should you should be striving to do. And if you're having trouble, talk with a professional, talk with a trusted person, a parent, a teacher, someone that you can go to that you know will support you. Um, and yeah, I think that's really, that's all I really have to say. I mean, yeah. And along what is he saying about reach out, I thought we should include the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's at 1-800-273-8255. If anybody needs it, just take it, Google it, whatever you need. Just spread that number around because these people are trained. And me and Izzy, your friends, you probably aren't trained as they are. So always reach out. Please do. That's yes, yes. the last real thing that any of us can say. But thank you so much for coming on, Izzy. I really appreciate it. I know this story is not an easy one to tell. 
um, for anybody, I'm sure. But thank you for recording with me. Thank you. All right. Hey, y'all. So that's the end of my first podcast episode of the Quarantine Notebook. It was a it was a tough one to record. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate listening to that story. I've heard it so many times. It's still horrible. Um, just to reiterate, please reach out to anyone that you can. They're there for you. There are people that are always gonna be there for you. So I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>